You're listening to WYDG Gaming Radio. Now listen to me, brother man. I'll tell it to so you can't understand. We got a whole lot of more discovering. Don't act like you know how to know in the universe. You can't flow from the first to the next verse. You're a manifest of the effect of a cause. Without a man, but you're not a lost cause, brother man. Now hear me out, sister lady. Keep hoping for the sun when it's being rainy. You have a special kind of responsibility. The ability to channel out of entity. Tap into a sacred symmetry. Grown foster child into infancy. All my sisters out there with powerful souls. Keep your love strong. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to AV Underground, the show where we talk to you about what it's like getting started as a content creator. I'm Josh Needham. I am MJ Watson. Hello there. I'm actually really glad that I did it that way this week because I'm so used to introducing myself as like, I'm your host and I'm here today with, and it's just like, you're not a guest on the show. You're the co-host yeah. slash host. I don't even know, like, we're both hosts. <laughs> so I've, I've been thinking every time I listen to it, it would kill me inside a little bit. I'm like, stop saying it. And I'm here today <laughs> with just let him freaking introduce himself. Yeah, but the, like the thing is, like, I always feel like every time you like we do the introduction, I always feel like I'm going to say something like I have something other to say than MJ Watson. But then it just comes. I get here. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm just MJ Watson. <laughs> That's fair. So for those that uh, are just tuning in, just getting into the podcast, we are actually this is our last episode for season one of AV Underground. We are it's episode 14 now, and we are taking a retrospective look back at things that we've done, things we like, things we didn't like, and how we want to take things going forward. Uh, we're taking next week off, so there will be no AV Underground for next week. It's our like mid-season. We're going to be talking about like working on a lot of things that we want to get going for season two. And then the week following that, we'll be right back with more content. So let's start with going forward. Uh, you and I have talked a little bit about wanting to push more how-to kind of content because you know, getting started as a content creator, we've done a lot of this first season just looking at issues that we have like the mental blocks we put on ourselves how to just get started um we've had a lot of chance to interview people that are just starting out and seeing some of the struggles there but i also want to be able you know we were talking like we also want to be able to provide our listeners with hey if you're looking to start a website you're looking to start a podcast you're looking to start live streaming whatever it is you're trying to get into with content creation and we'll try and put together some comprehensive listen to this episode and it'll give you kind of the ins and outs of the full process for someone who's never done this before. Because I think that's that's a thing, too, is like when you're just getting started out, maybe you have no idea what's going on. Like I've talked to plenty of people who are like, oh, I kind of want to get into podcasting. Like one of my uh, one of my relatives does auto mechanics. He's like, I want to get into doing a podcast with some of the guys down at the VA because I think they've got a lot of interesting stuff to say. He's like, but I have no idea what I need for equipment, no idea how to set it up. I have no idea how any of this works. Can you help me out? So I got to get together with him and uh, work on some of that stuff. But what are you uh, what are you thinking going forward? I mean, well, like it's just kind of like what you're saying, like all the stuff we've talked about this season was just very it was very important stuff, and I feel it, it. it's stuff that you definitely – that we definitely need to talk about, definitely need to be said because it was a lot of how to get started, but also when you're in the thick of it, the struggles and the thoughts you're going to have and, like, the doubts you're going to have, like, things like that. But what my whole – like, my whole thing going forward is why I think the how-to episodes are so important is exactly what you said is I was one of those people that – when like this, like I wanted to start a podcast, I have absolutely no idea where to start. And like, luckily I ran into you, but, and like, that's the whole thing is I feel like there are a lot of people out there to the point where they really need, and I don't, I don't want to, I'm not trying to put this at like 
make people get put down by this. But there's a lot of people out there that do need the step-by-step help. And what people don't understand when they mean step-by-step, they literally mean they need you from the first step and they need you in the last step. Every single- I'm the first to admit I'm one of those people. I am. When I'm starting up with things that- I'm like, okay, you're going to have to, there's a whole subreddit called explain like I'm five. Yes. <laughs> that I feel like that speaks to me. It does. <laughs> because sometimes I'll be watching a tutorial for something or trying to learn a new skill and they'll give you, okay, here's step one. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. Step two, gotcha. Still following. Step three, okay, still with <laughs> you. And then, you know, draw the rest of the goat or whatever. Yeah. I forget the, uh, <laughs> there was a phrase for that. It's like the rest of the, I think it was like sheep or the rest of the something. I know. Yeah, I know what you're and, talking about. Yeah, it's those drawing things where it's like draw three circles and then draw the rest of the goat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, wh- what? <laughs> you didn't explain anything. Exactly. I didn't learn. So like I do want to get into kind of a very broken down. And that's why I say for absolute beginners, like starting out with, OK, well, what kind of stuff do I need to get started doing this? Because there's a lot of things out there, too, that will try and sell you on. I had a buddy of mine recently that I was helping start uh, getting a Twitch stream together because he plays like he plays one game. It's an MMO. He's very good at it. He knows his stuff. And he logs about 80 hours a week. Jesus. Which is insane. That is insane. But amazing at the same time. <laughs> like, he still has a social life and goes out and whatnot. It's just that his work allows him. so. He works, like, heavy hours on weekend shifts. Yeah. So he has his entire week free. So he can right. just log all sorts of hours hanging out with friends in the game and whatnot. And I was like, dude, why are you not streaming? And he's like, I don't know how. And he had been looking up stuff on how to start streaming, but he's like, everything I found, people want, like, I need to buy all this expensive stuff. And I'm like, dude, let me tell you right now, you own a PS4 and you have an internet connection (laughs) and a decent headset, you're fine. So, like, I had to, I walked him through the process and I'm like, there are probably other people out there, too, that could start, like, want to get into this. But everything they find is like, oh, well, you need to go out and buy a DSLR, license this software, have a setup like this, make sure you buy yourself a green screen. And it's like... I'm not looking to take someone immediately from I don't do this to professional level. Yeah. I kind of want to get people started where you start getting more and more comfortable with things as you go along. You know, you don't need to go out and buy a stream deck and all this other technical hardware right off the bat. You know, you don't need to build yourself a broadcasting PC to run everything through and then buy a capture card. Like all it gets crazy, man. Yeah. So like exactly why. And I feel like we're we are the exact kind of podcast to do that. And with these how to's and why I think they're going to be so important going forward is because me and you, I don't know if we, eh, I guess, would you consider yourself a podcast expert at this point? I I, I certainly wouldn't. I would say like an intermediate podcaster. Yes. I think that there's kind of like the whole 10,000 hour rule. I think that general skill acquisition happens within the first 20 hours. If you want to learn something and be proficient with that something, your first 20 hours are going to be like what really brings you there with learning an instrument or learning anything for that matter. Like if you can get 20 hours of solid practice in, you're going to be decent at it. And then it kind of plateaus for a while between 20 hours and 10,000 hours. Once you hit 10,000 hours and beyond, that's the level I think is like your expert. And I'm nowhere near that. So, but I would call myself, I'm in that intermediate area where I'm beyond my first 20 hours for sure. And I'm pretty comfortable with a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, but I also see a lot of things that I want to improve on, Yeah. which a lot of the reason we're having this episode and, is, and, you know, I'm, I listen back to the podcast. I, I listen to our podcast three times once while we're recording. And, you know, that time I'm not really aggressively listening to what's going on as yeah. much. It's a different sort of listening. Like I'm listening for, you know, what we're talking about, what I'm replying with, trying to keep on subject, but also that kind of stuff going. Right. And so when I listen back for editing, I'm obviously I'm listening for silences, for mistakes, for bits we need to cut out, whatever. And generally, we don't have too many of those. 
So I listened to it twice there. And my third time is after I'm done with post-production, after I've put in our like self-made ad spots for like Patreon and whatnot, when I've put in the station tag, when I've put in our credits, I listen to the whole thing back in my car because I edit on a like decent pair of headphones. They're not by any means studio quality, but yeah, they're yeah. really good headphones. And one of the things that we learned in audio class is like, it's one thing to have like high end, you could have high end studio headphones to edit on, which is great for you, but realize that most people are listening to your content on phone or in a car. So those are not like high end speakers. Make sure that they still sound good in those exactly. locations. So third time I listen back is either on my phone or in my car, usually in my car on the way to work. And at first I felt very like narcissistic listening to my own podcasts while driving to work. And there's that part of me in the back of my head that's always like, you already know what you talked about. Why are you bothering <laughs> yeah. to listen to this? And I'm like, because if there's anything I missed while editing, if there's anything that I do frequently or that we do frequently or errors that were made in like plugins and effects that I've used, then I need to know about it so that I can correct it going forward yeah. or we're not going to continue getting better at it. Exactly. So there are a few things I've taken notes on that I really want to work on going forward. Like I said, there's when I listen back to it, I get a hiss in the background. And now we run adaptive noise reduction on our track as well as like a vocal boosting, vocal leveling. And I've tweaked a lot of those settings. I don't run just with the defaults, um, but it's it's not something that's terribly noticeable on any on all platforms. I think it's a lot of it's just the way that I listen to things because my car, I, I drive with the windows down, so I have to crank it way up. So you start getting a lot of that background noise. But I'd like to reach out to some other podcasters as well, because there's one podcast I listen to, The Sound of Play. They talk about video game music. And you know those like radio shows you find on like the the low 80s, like 80 point whatever, yeah, yeah, 87 yeah. point somewhat, where the voice is so crystal clear and it's just it's so crisp and clean. And it's like that. I don't know. I'm assuming that part of it is just that they are also I also have to keep in mind that we're not using high end studio mics. Yeah. You know, we're using Behringer mics for those that don't know. Uh, Behringer's not a bad brand by any means, but they're definitely an inexpensive gateway into um, microphones. You've got also like Audio-Technica, which we're not using, but they also they make some pretty good stuff, actually. You no, know, I price. actually I had an, I haven't I, uh, I had an Audio-Technica mic and, actually, and it works real well. When you get into the realm of Rode and Sennheiser and Shure, like those are the three brands that I think of when I think like high end microphones. Yeah, especially Sennheiser. Um, but those are very expensive microphones Mm -hmm. and, you know, likely for good reason. So I'm, I also have to keep in mind that a lot of what the issues are that I'm experiencing might just be because we're working with the hardware that we can afford, not the hardware that's going to produce the highest quality sound. And I like to think we do pretty well with the tight budget that we've had. No, I think this is so great. That's great. Maybe someday in the future, I'll look at, you know, upgrading our microphones and all that kind of stuff. It's a lot more that I have to get into, and I do have uh, my former audio professor that I would like to sit down and talk with some more and get his feedback, because he was giving me, when I started This Week in Gaming with Jeff and Sarah, I was in my first audio class. It was like two weeks in, and I brought him the first file that I had made all sorts of edits to, and he was like, why don't you do these simple things, and it'll save you a lot of work based on what you're doing, and I so I started implementing those, and that's why now I have a macro. I used to go through, like second by second and kind of like if I had to adjust audio levels because Sarah was you know her voice was softer than Jeff and I so I have to like find the bits where she talks and bring those levels up and it's been a very 
long learning process. Yeah. But I feel like I've got it to a point now where I'm very comfortable where I'm at. So now it's time to make myself uncomfortable again and learn new things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because otherwise it's not going to get better from here, you know? Yeah. So. But I mean, the one thing I hear whenever I talk to people about this podcast or like I try and get other people's opinions on this podcast, the first thing they always tell me is like, well, it sounds great. <laughs> like that's always. Yeah. That's no, always I've, the first thing I hear from people. I've really appreciated hearing that from people because I do put a lot of work into trying to make sure that yeah. things sound clean. And that we don't have like a whole lot of silences. We don't have a lot of background noise. And I've said before, like the studio space is not acoustically treated. I just have a lot of stuff that really dampens the sound. And so, I mean, like I said, for working with what we've got, I've been really happy to hear people be like, oh, no, it sounds amazing. Like your sound quality is good. And I'm like, oh, well, thank you. (laughs) That does mean a lot to me. Yeah, it is important. I feel honestly, I feel it's like. It shouldn't be the most important part of the podcast, but I feel like that is, is like people like people will just shut off the podcast. Well, it's just one of those things like people will watch a poor quality video with high quality audio, Uh but they will not watch a 4K video with garbage audio. They just won't do it. And it's one of those things, especially when you're working in a podcasting realm where it's 100 percent of your content is audio. You have to make sure that it's not displeasing for people to listen to because otherwise no one's going to listen. Like if we exactly. if we sounded all tin canny, then no one wants to no one wants to hear that. Are we are we on a specific track here, or are we just kind of just uh, no? This is just a rambly episode okay, of um, our thoughts of everything past so far for AV Underground and the thoughts of everything yeah. going forward. Okay, I didn't want to interrupt your thought because one of the one of the other things I feel like I don't really have an exact reason why I think we should improve in this, but it's something I feel like we should think about is our interview style. I feel like. I feel like me and you, I feel like we do great with our interviews. Well, I don't want to say great. I, I feel like we do good with our interviews, but I feel like there's, I feel like every time I listen to one of our review, interviews, I'm like, there's potential for me and you to be better. And like, of course, like, of course, there's always that you always think like that. So you need to know when it's time to just cut that off. But I feel like, I feel like that's something that me and you need to prove in the sense that we make, I feel like we make our, all of our interviews very casual in the sense that whenever we interview someone, they, they feel a part of the show. They feel a part of the pod. They almost feel like they are the third co-host rather than us interviewing them. Right. But I get exactly what you're saying. And I was doing some thinking about that myself. Yeah. Um, cause I was looking up tips for starting a talk show because I've been having a weird thing lately where I would really like to start my own video game talk show kind of thing. And I realize we already do a gaming news podcast, but I'm thinking more of a laid back style because I grew up watching things like Tyra Banks, Ellen DeGeneres, Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, Ellen was my favorite of all of those. Really? And a lot of that is her comedic style. Yeah. But so I was like, oh, man, I'd love to host my own talk show. That'd be amazing. Obviously, I don't have like the resources to build a talk show set right now. Yeah. Not that it would, you know, I don't need to build something like Ellen's set and have a studio audience and all that crap. But, you know, it's something I've been <laughs> thinking on. Welcome to your Gardner and studio one of, audience. <laughs> exactly. One of the things that I had found, though, was they were talking about when you're when you have a guest on the show to really focus on making it all about your guest. And I feel like the way that we've done interviews so far has very much like we've brought a lot of our guests wisdom into things and we've had a lot of really good, solid questions for it. But. We do pull back a lot to, okay, well, we're talking about a subject and then, you know, I also have input on it. So I'll be like, because, you know, in my experience and then kind of go from there, I don't I don't really necessarily know if that's a bad thing. Right. But it's definitely I kind of want to get some feedback from people listening. So if you're listening to this and you have thoughts on our interview style, especially if you have any like experience in interviews, please drop that in the comments. Like there's there's no such thing as bad advice i guess yeah i mean I, there, there is well, bad advice we're just but. we're just always looking 
we're always looking to improve, but interviewing is one of those things, especially when you're doing it for like a content thing that you only can improve it by the way that the, that by how the people that are listening to it feel. So the only right. way we're going to like me and you, I feel me and you do interviews fine, but the only way that we're going to improve for our audience sake is if we hear what they want us to do. Cause maybe, maybe they like how we do it. Maybe they like the fact that we do do that little bit of our own input into the situation, but maybe, maybe you're right. And they're like, maybe, maybe our listeners are listening to that podcast and them moment being like, why the fuck are you guys talking right now? Like, I want to, I want to listen yeah. to this dude talk. Like, I want to make sure that I want to feel, make our, both our guests and our audience feel connected with each other kind of yes. thing so that the audience that's listening can really feel like they, they're kind of in the room with whoever we're talking to and they're, mm -hmm. they're getting that experience yes. in it. And I want to keep it laid back. I don't want to get so official with mm -hmm. our interviews that it's very cut and dry and we're like sitting here with a clipboard. Yeah. You know, when when was the first time you got into this? Yeah. No, I'm a firm. I am a firm believer in you need to keep interviews casual almost to the point of a conversation because that's where you're going to get your best answers. And you're right. Mind. And then it leaves you a lot of opening to kind of dive into. Yeah. Oh, this this got brought up like when uh, we had our Josh Foreman interview and he was talking about the coming of age ceremonies. And I'm like, well, I want to know more about that. Yeah. And exactly. And you so that we, was really we good. wouldn't have gotten that if we were if we played it real professional, like and we're being like real careful with our answer. Right. Blah, blah, blah. And like, like there was a lot of stuff that uh, Denzel brought up in our interview with him about game development and how all that goes that, you know, it's I felt like having a kind of free and open format really let us get in there and yeah. open up more questions. Really. Exactly. I feel like that's that's one of the things like exactly. So I, that's really it is the only way interviewing is not one of the things that we're exactly pressed about. But there are things that we do want to improve about it. And we're our, we are going to be bringing on more guests. I feel like this next this next season, we're going to be bringing on less guests than we normally do. I, I have a feeling. I think it's still going to be balanced because if we're talking about something like getting started in streaming, Twitch streaming. Yeah. Like I know a lot of stuff on the very basics on how to get like how to physically get started doing it. But I would like to bring on people that have been streaming so we can get experience from, say, someone who's partnered now. Like I'd like to get um Someone like where Scott Plaskanka, when he was on, he was offered to be affiliated with Twitch. But of course, he's shipping out to basic training soon, so he wasn't able to take it. I would yeah. like to find someone who is affiliated with Twitch and, you know, get them on the show and say, OK, well, this is this is our how to get started on Twitch live streams for beginners. And they can offer a little bit of actual real life experience and input into that because yeah. I'm not at that point yet. I can tell you the technical ends of setting everything up, but they'll be able to tell you, you know, how to maintain proper consistency, yeah. how to interact with your audience, that kind of stuff. Which is which is going to be, which actually that, that I guess that, that could be another good discussion we could have right now. What have you thought about what other kind of guests you want to bring on to the show, really? I'm looking at for the next season and because of some of the how to's that we want to get into, I know I'm definitely going to be looking for some like professionals as far as maybe not professionals that are in content creation but one of the episodes i really want to dive into is when to know at what point you either as a, a person who's working for yourself ideally or if you're working with a group when do you need to register as a legit business because i've been thinking a lot about that but i am not legal or business guidance so i want to find someone who's like an expert in that field that can potentially come on the show and offer their their take or their wisdom on on the whole thing, their guidance for um, people. I feel like I, I feel like maybe this is just maybe I dreamt this. I don't know. But I feel like when Mike Hennessy came to our class, the director that that came when me and you were at our taking our self-promotion. Well, yeah, it was our self-promotion class when he came in. I felt like I remember him talking about something like there's a, there's like a resource out there like 
through all your towns that like can connect you through a through a business like you can basically find a mentor basically through like a business sense but like i wonder if we could use that resource to find people that have run businesses before and like you just get them in for that you know what i mean like yeah potentially so multiple like, I, different businessmen i don't remember a whole lot about because that was a while back now that was so and i've ago. had it so just, much running through my mind my since then that i forgot a lot about aside from when we were um running the concert there for the band 19 yes which and awesome. which was amazing. But I remember I learned a lot from Mike that those couple days because yeah. I volunteered for all two or three days that yeah. we were doing. I that. was sick for the third day, which sucked. But <laughs> it, it was like the plague was going around. And I was yeah. like, when am I going to get it? When am I going to drop out? <laughs> yeah, of course and, it was me. <laughs> but so getting back around a little bit and looking back, do you with all the things that we've done, all the people we've interviewed, all the things we've talked about, as far as our interviews go, do you have what you would consider a favorite interview of the ones that we've done. And it's not to say that the other interviews aren't great, but is there one that really stands out to you? Okay. It's, it's tough. It's between two of them. It's between the Denzel interview because I felt like, I felt like when uh, he walked, when he came in, it was very, I don't want to say he, it was awkward at first, but it was kind of like, it was, we were kind of taking a minute to feel each other out. And then the second it clicked, it really clicked. I just felt like that interview from start to finish was very, very informative very casual, very fun. I just felt like that that interview was the exact the exact what we were looking for in in an interview. We wanted to be fun, we wanted to be engaging, but we wanted to be especially informal. I mean, informal, especially informative. And that's that's exactly what Denzel brought. However, the Josh Foreman interview was just was so fascinating because he was such a fascinating individual that there was so much that we could get into that even after the interview I was like, that was a great interview. And we probably brushed off 10% of the surface that we could. Like, you know what I mean? And it, yeah. I felt like there, it left me wanting more. And that, but I don't know if that necessarily makes me, makes it my favorite interview, but that was it. And it made me, after the interview, I liked I was like, the fact that it left me wanting more yes. because a lot of what we try to do as well is we get, you know, some advice, some input, some wisdom from our guests. And then if like us, you're like, oh man, I really want to know more about this guy. Then we, that's why we link their social and everything yeah. in, uh, in the description notes so that you can go back and like, I want to know what Denzel's up to. I want to know what Dental Cake LLC is putting yeah. out and that you can go and check all that stuff in the description. I want to know more about Josh Foreman and watch his streams. You can yeah. find that in the descriptions. Same with Scott. Same with like Chris Piscopo, Joe Blay. Yeah, um, I think as far as I'm like, I really the Denzel interview was the first interview I was actually like super nervous for because he was the first person that came on the show that wasn't like a good friend of mine. Yeah. Like we're friends, <laughs> yeah. but we're not like the I'm going to call you up in the middle of the week and say, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Exactly, let's, exactly. let's go and hang out, which is always leads to awkwardness. So I was like, oh, man. And one of the things I was thinking about, I always think about when we have a guest on who I am not like really close with. Uh, but I really want to have on the show is like, what if this person knows more about podcasting than I do? What if they come on the show and they just tear me apart and they're like, why do you do things this way? You're doing it wrong, right? Like the gatekeepers of podcasting. Because <laughs> I, I always understand and know that I'm not like the best that I could ever be at podcasting. I have a lot of, to learn still. I have a lot to go. Yeah. So I know that there's plenty of people out there that are much better than I am. And I always like, it's in the back of my mind, like worrying that I'm going to have someone on the show who's going to be like, you're a garbage podcaster. Why are you doing this? <laughs> Which, I mean, my response is yeah. just because I love doing it and I'm going to continue actually, regardless. But. Actually, going into that, uh, no, speaking of another view, you know, another interview that the Jamie interview, I felt I felt was a very much a good interview in the sense that it kind of really 
showed the audience what we were what we meant what we were looking for in the sense like because I, I felt like with the Jamie interview we were still kind of really figuring out what we wanted AV Underground to be exactly which I still yeah. feel I feel like we're still in that stage but I felt like after that Jamie interview we were like okay no he because Jamie got it what we were trying to do even before we did <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean so like so he like the fact that he got it and understood and we had such a great interview with him it really got the ball rolling I felt as far, in in that point and like just the point like it, we stopped thinking in the point of how is someone going to come on here and possibly destroy us to tell us how everything is wrong. Instead, I felt like we got more to the point of how how are we actually going to get some good, valuable information on that. But yeah, I'm with you on the Denzel thing, which I was nervous about the Denzel interview just for that reason, just because we didn't we, we like I didn't know him at all. You did, but I was like, I, and plus it was a gaming thing, so it was kind of yeah. it was kind of like out I of had my league. I had interviewed Denzel before, like a pen and paper interview, to write yeah. an article for my website about obsolete souls the game he's been working on yes and i was really impressed when i sat down and interviewed him i'm always a little nervous because like people with a very strong personality often make me like super anxious yes. as far as interviews go because you try and match it right but also i'm also very like easygoing when it comes to things and mm -hmm. if someone wants to just jump in and take control then i have to I'm like, okay, this is going to be awkward, but now I have to kind of like step in and pull it back. Exactly. And I, I don't like having to do that. I like when we can just kind of have a really nice, smooth conversation. And he was very good for interview. Mm -hmm. Like I was able to ask him a lot of questions. And if it was something that came up that was like, I can't really talk about that right now because it's either still in development or I'm not talking yeah. about that till the game comes out. I don't want the world to know yet. So, but we went back and forth. We had a really great time. He let me play the game and. You know, we we hit it off pretty good, yeah. I think, with that interview. Speaking of that, one of the things actually I'm thinking about for next season, too, is it's something me and you talked about a while ago and we didn't really bring back up was the idea of evergreen episodes. But and also in the sense of I feel like the guests that we had, I feel like we really need to make a point of to get back in conversation with them, not like right away, but I'm saying it like. At some point, I really feel like we we need to get back these guests from season one and see where they are because I feel like definitely that, I feel like that is super important. I for feel audience. like I don't want to think too far ahead, exactly, but I think that would exactly. be a season three type deal because mm -hmm. yeah. we're going to get through another fourteen weeks of this, and then I'd, I would love to go back and talk to some of like yeah. almost not necessarily the entirely the same exactly. roster of people, but like a but few of them. Like I definitely like to catch back up with where's Joe Blay at yeah. because he's been doing art since then. He started yeah. dabbling in styles that he's not used to and kind of like getting into the uncomfortable zone. Yeah. We, and, could, we could always call Chris up, see what he's. Oh, I'd love to get Chris <laughs> back on. Uh, I'd love to get Denzel back. Yeah. Uh, either then or wait until the point when obsolete souls comes out I think that'd be a and get one. his, his thoughts now. Like what are they doing now? Where are things going? Yeah. Um, Scott will have to see about. Yeah, <laughs> that, uh, I that, would that would be a little interesting. Now, I know Josh Foreman, since our interview, has become a Twitch affiliate. Yeah, he's moved his streams from both you being cross broadcast on YouTube and Twitch. He's moved everything over to Twitch. Mm -hmm. I hopped in there the other day and subbed to him. He's the first person I've ever subbed to on Twitch. Wow. And I follow a lot of people. Lucky to you, Josh, but, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's the first he's my first sub. He he broke my sub virginity on Twitch, <laughs> I guess. But damn it, Josh, so, <laughs> popping your cherry. So um, so I think it would be cool to have him back sometime in the future when he's when he has time, when we're able to coordinate it um, once he's had a little more experience with the whole Twitch thing and see how things are going with, yeah. you know, when his book gets published. Yeah, I want to ask him more about how that. the crowdsourcing and everything is going yeah. as a guilty pleasure. I really want to know more about his whole world that he's building the tales of Telefair. I don't want to get. Yes, I, I, there's so I, much I, I want to know. That is right up my alley. That is like so like I'm very interested by that. There's, there's so much I want to know so much I'm excited for. Um, but I think 
Yeah, you'll see a lot less random guests in season two. I think it's going to be a lot more structured, a lot more deliberate. Like, okay, we're having this person on because this is what we're talking about today. And they happen to have uh, some sort of expertise in that area. I so just, I feel like that's what all of our episodes are going to become. I feel like that should I feel like that's going to be the word of season two is structure. I just feel like in general, I feel like that's what me and you are shooting for is more structure, but not not crippling structure. You know what I mean? Like not to yeah. the point where we're crippling ourselves. Not, not to the point where we're so locked into things yeah. that we can't have fun with it. Exactly. Because um, that's what this podcast is about. It's about it's about having a little bit of fun with the struggles of what we talk about and like it's helpful but it doesn't mean it can't be fun we're not we're not trying to be npr over here you know what i mean right i mean i am uh, yeah <laughs> I, i've i've actually looked at npr for a lot of like my my guidance not necessarily for how to structure a podcast but for how to make it sound good mm-hmm. um Which i have been working on of course one of the things like i was saying with the quality of your equipment plays a lot into that too like i can only do so much in post-processing to clean up our audio uh, a lot of it depends on both the space that you're recording in and the gear you're recording on where NPR can go out and buy like a $15,000 microphone that I don't know if you've I was talking to uh, Tony. I forget his full name. I feel really bad now. He did the voice of uh, Lupin the third. If you ever watch Lupin the third, the anime, it's like from the 80s. It's an older show. <laughs> this one's past um, me. And he, so he's a voice actor. He was giving a kind of a class for the basics of voice acting and whatnot when I was at AAC last year. And one of the things he was saying, he's like, you don't understand how high end the microphones are in these voice recording studios. He's like, you can hear people's food digesting from the floor above you. He's like, there have been points where he's like, if you come in to do a voiceover and you're hungry, it will pick up every gurgle in your stomach. That is. And he's like, and this mic is a few feet above your head. He's like, so if you can imagine how sensitive those mics are, they are insane. That they're very expensive, crazy. but they're very good. Yeah, obviously. You know, you can take that, and that's why you know voice acting it's it comes out so clean. Yeah, um, I remember. Oop, I remember. There I, remember, I go where, punching the mic. Oh, <laughs> I don't remember where I was, but I remember I was young and I was in a like in a recording studio because my my stepdad used to play in a band, so he he's he's been around the music industry for a long time, and I used to go. He'd sometimes he'd get me into recording studio and I was in a recording studio and I was just, you know, I was a kid. I was just running through the halls, minding my own business. I remember one time some big burly dude came out of the studio and I was literally just sitting in a chair, just like playing with my shoes. And he literally opened the door. He's like, stop touching your shoes. I'm picking it up on the microphone. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, you can hear me tie my shoes. He's like, he's like, yeah, stop doing it. <laughs> and I was just like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little crazy. It's 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 quality of mics are insane. Um, that's actually that's actually the biggest lesson I learned from audio. But anyway, uh. it is. <laughs> um, but so before we get into a little bit more of uh, of this, I want to take a brief break and get some um, these important messages. Support for AV Underground comes from our Patreon backers. If you like our work and want to help make sure we continue making podcasts for years to come, check out the Yeah Dude Patreon and become a backer for as little as one dollar a month. Your contributions help us pay for things like web hosting for our site and our podcast, equipment maintenance, and all the other costs of production. That's patreon.com backslash yadude, or follow the link in the description. Thanks for listening to AV Underground. Stay awesome and keep creating. Alrighty, welcome back. So I actually, before we continue a little bit, I want to, we got our first five-star review on iTunes, which is a huge deal if you're in the podcasting world, like I mean, we host everything through Podbean, but it goes out to iTunes, Google Play, uh, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, 
a couple others. Do like, we, do we go to Stitcher? No, I've been trying to figure out Stitcher, and it's not quite working with me. Yeah. So I might have to contact them directly because I already had when we were through SoundCloud, we went through Stitcher as well. Mm-hmm. They don't make it very easy to figure out how to change or to uh, adjust your RSS feed. So I have to figure that out. But um, when it comes to iTunes, a lot of your ranking is based on, you know, having reviews, having customer reviews on your stuff. And we've got a lot of episodes up and we finally got our first review in. So this is titled Awesome Gaming Podcast with Terrific Content Creation Lessons Interspersed. Five stars by Static Crowbar. Thank you, Static Crowbar, so much for this review. I, I appreciate it. So he said, the crew over at Yeah Dude is among the most passionate about gaming that you can find, but they never make it seem overly nerdy, in quotations. Uh, with enough variety between the AV Underground's lessons on social media and content creation and the regular twig this week in gaming, there's plenty to keep listening to. New favorite episode, the twig discussion, uh, Detroit Become Human. Tremendous philosophical debates about humans and androids uploading human consciousness into computers and so much more if you enjoy gaming you need to be listening to this podcast so he he does touch a little bit both on on twig and on av underground the two podcasts we'd run but i'm super pumped that we have a five-star review i love it so i wanted to read it out for everyone we need to get that out there Um, because a lot of itunes like it doesn't let us see the stats or anything until we have a few reviews up here so if you are a fan of the podcast you're listening on itunes uh, i realize that i I feel like iTunes doesn't make things very easy for you. Like you have to be on a computer. So if you're listening on your phone, you can't just like, I'm going to give this a review. I don't know that for certain because I'm not an iPhone user, but I've heard that from people who are iPhone users that like, oh, I now have to go home and do. It's one of those things like link in the bio. It's an extra step that now you have to like actually make an effort to go into iTunes, find the podcast, leave a comment. But if you're able to do that, we do greatly appreciate it. It does help us get recognized and noticed and you know helps people find us on itunes which let's admit it's a big platform and you know you don't you don't even have to give us a five star if you want you know if you want to give us a three four star two star and tell us what you want us to improve or go for it we're all for it i mean i i am not discriminating against any reviews is the way i look at it at this point yeah i like i just like getting feedback is the thing and i think the hardest thing for us going forward right now is that we don't have a lot of feedback we this get is, some feedback from guests let's let's preface this with with we love you audience we yeah. don't get us don't get us wrong we're not about to do 20 minutes of bashing our audience but go on <laughs> oh you're getting a drink no that was uh that was pretty much it it's just that we don't and i, I realize that not everyone in your audience is like a critic or wants to go in and say something about and it and we don't expect them to even i'm not great at writing reviews so a lot of times even though there's plenty of podcasts i listen to that are always like give us a review and i'm like yeah maybe someday i'm <laughs> I'll get around to it. I don't know. Um, but it requires me to go to a computer. If it is something that you like to do, if you do really like the podcast, don't, don't go drop that, drop a review and, you know, give us some feedback. We always love to hear from yeah, people. That's that's kind of our that's that's one of my personal goals for season two is I want us to I don't I'm not saying we need to have a ton of interaction. I'm not I'm not demanding too much, but I would like to get a little bit more interaction between us and our audience for this. Yeah, podcast. I'd like to reach out a lot more to people as, as much as we possibly can. That's kind of like that's my that's one of my goals for next season. Yeah, kind of reach out and see like, what do you guys want from us? Yeah, because the thing. there's only so much that we're going to be able to come up with out of me and your heads to how this podcast should go forward. How what should we do next? There's only so much that eventually me and you are going to get to a point where we're just going to be sitting here. Oh, we don't we don't know <laughs> like my interests for things that I want to do are pretty vast, but they're also, you know, not as vast as the collective of people who are getting started in content yes. creation. So like if there's a topic that we don't discuss, because, you know, most of my life and my projects are 
audiovisual. You know, whether it's live streaming, whether it's video creation, whether it's podcast creation, whatever it is, like that's kind of my my realm of interests. So if you're into something that's beyond that, definitely leave us a comment. Let us know like, hey, um, you guys should totally do a podcast about or an episode about this type of content creation, because I this is what I do. And you haven't really covered that topic yet. Like, I'm not going to take offense to it and be like, well, screw you. The show's not about you because it really is. The show is for our listeners. It's for anyone that wants to get into this field, uh, the content creation field. And, you know, we want to help as best we can. So <sighs> I was actually surprised, though. I went back um, to the first episode that we did to listen to it and see because I when I did that with Twig, um, I listened to like our whatever our most recent episode at the time was. I think we were in the 50s somewhere. And then I went back and I listened to episode three, which is the earliest episode I still have. <laughs> yeah, the other two are lost to the ether. And it was that was a big difference because going back to episode three of twig, I was still in an audio class and I hadn't got all those macros and everything else down yet to have everything clean and good sounding. So it was still all over the place yeah. and a little painful to listen to the content that was still there was still decent, good but you time. could definitely tell that we hadn't quite got used to the dynamic of having people there yet. <laughs> yeah. uh, like just having that dynamic between the three of us and an understanding of what we're doing. We're still very much new and getting started and, being kind of okay at it. Yeah. Whereas because I had that experience with, uh, we were 40 something episodes in when we started AV underground and having that experience before we started AV underground, there's not a whole lot of like audio difference between episode one of AV underground and episode 13 of AV underground, because I've been running the same macros, the same audio, like clean up the same process, the same settings for most of that. So I can't say that there's a whole lot, that we've really improved upon audio wise over that time. Yeah. But it was definitely interesting going back and listening to some of the original episodes and some of the, the older interviews that we yeah. had done. I feel like we've, uh, speaking of the whole dynamic thing is I feel me and you have had, like, I don't want to say like a natural dynamic because I feel like it just comes part of like me and you were friends. We've known each other for years now that like, if like mean, and the fact that me and you both want to do something like this, I, it's not surprising that me and you have a pretty good dynamic together, but I feel like it's really, it's honestly improved since the first episode. Definitely. It's like the more you, you get used to talking either to yourself or to a camera or to another person, the better you get at it, the more yeah. it flows. And I've seen that a lot with our uh, the This Week in Gaming podcast where, you know, Sarah, Jeff and I just kind of we don't have to so much have those moments with like, OK, I'm going to talk now. And, you know, everyone just kind of like, OK, yeah, well, yeah. I'll let you talk. And then I, but I want to talk now. And we just kind of flow now. Yeah. And I, I think you and I are starting to get that, too. Yeah. We're kind of getting into a lot of um, with our interview style. I know we had a, a whole back and forth thing going with our Josh Foreman interview of kind of almost hand signals of like, okay, I got this next question. <laughs> okay, I got this next one. And we, so we had that down, but uh, I, I feel I think, I feel like we've had a lot of opportunities and it's been a really good time for me, at least with everything that we've done with AV underground so far. I didn't know how we were going to go with it starting out. I remember being very unsure of how I wanted things to go. I just knew that I had yeah, a lot of friends that are in the field that we could yeah. talk to. And we, th we, we, we quite literally threw ourselves in. Like I was talking to Josh off air about this, but like, when I don't know if we've talked about this before on the podcast, but how this podcast literally started was one day me and Josh, after we were done recording, never made varsity, me and him always used to just sh shoot the shit for like an hour after we'd record. And like, and then one day I came up, we were just talking about different ideas. I don't even know if we were talking about podcast ideas. We were just talking about ideas. And I, and I don't remember which one of us started it, but it came up with the, 
well, why don't we have a podcast talking to other content creators? And then the next week we recorded episode one. Yep, and so it just we, happened. We literally did not, we didn't sit on this one. We didn't, we didn't plan. Well, I don't want to say we didn't plan anything out because we obviously, you have to put some planning into a podcast, but we didn't plan it out too much. We literally just like Josh always said, it's easier to steer a car in motion. We got behind the wheel and we went down the road and that's exactly yep. what we did. And it was like push starting a uh, manual car. We're just really? like, let's push this thing down the hill and hopefully it starts when we're partway down. Yeah. And we can work on uh, adjustments from there. I remember because I listened to the first episode and we did talk about that. At the, we were like, this episode is basically because we were having conversations after recording AV Underground. Or after, sorry, after Never recording Never Made Varsity. And like we we didn't spend a lot of time thinking on the name either it was just kind of like what about and we tossed back a couple of ideas and uh, we just landed on av underground we're like okay let's go with that <laughs> so here it is yeah the the av underground i felt a little bit uh a little weird there was one night i was sitting around uh it was right after the josh foreman interview or right before it it was right around that that time and i was watching one of his um recordings one of his video sculpting videos and I was thinking about him being a game designer and how that tied into things. And I was like, I have a gaming podcast channel. Like, shoot, we should have named the podcast player versus environment. PVE. <laughs> right. Um, so then I was like, oh, my God, I should text Watson and see if he's willing to change the show name. But then I looked it up and it already exists. Yeah. There's already a player versus environment podcast. So I was like, I'm not going to encroach Bastards. on that. So. I was like, plus, we've already we're like 12 episodes deep. So <laughs> AV I was like, oh, it's too late now. We're sticking with it. So but yeah, I'm I think do you have a most awkward moment of AV Underground so far or something you were most nervous for? Well, I I've talked about this before on this podcast. I'm a nervous person, so I just get nervous with everything. But I'm also very good at fighting through that. So the, I always get nervous for every interview, but like the most awkward moment for me and like i don't know if i don't remember the exact moment specifically but it's funny because it happened in both my favorite interviews from the show it was the denzel interview and it was the josh foreman interview <laughs> where you asked a question and it like you worded it completely different than me so so you worded it so differently to the point where i thought you were acting a completely different question but then i'd ask my question and i realized i basically just asked the same thing you did it's, it happened in the denzel interview and i didn't realize it until he was finished answering the question because he was like looking at me and i was looking at him and then i had a moment of realization like yeah josh already asked you that didn't he why did i <laughs> why did i ask you that question and then and then the same thing happened in the josh foreman interview it was like one of the first questions you asked him and then for some reason i like repeated the question to him and i then like i did i thought of it as he was answering like this wasn't like afterwards as he's answering the question i was literally like, sitting there like what the fuck i was like i was like why what's the matter with me i was like what what was i thinking but like though to me i don't know if it was really awkward because i can kind of laugh at it now but like to me in the moment i was just like god damn it <laughs> like because like i'm always trying to pay attention to what you're saying but i'm always so focused on like what i'm going to say too that like sometimes yeah. i'm not I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying but i'm not realizing what you're saying you know what i mean oh yeah that that does happen when you have uh, yeah. any sort of a show where you have a dynamic between a couple of people because you're like you're both trying to formulate your own response and your thoughts, but you're also like really listening to what the other person is saying to yeah. in order to do that. Yeah. It's one of the things that we had learned in my speech class when we were doing a debate. And because it's like if you're debating with someone, you can't just say your side of things and call it done. You also yeah. have to respond to things that they're saying or people you have no credibility at that point. And it does carry over a lot into yeah. this where 
you know, sometimes I'm listening to what you're saying so much that I for, like my own thoughts flutter out my ears. Yep. And then I've had moments where I'm like, oh, no, I've drawn a complete and total blank. Now what MJ. do I do? What do I do? Oh, no, I can't just stop and yeah. pause because I hate having to do more editing than I really need to do. I feel do. like that's actually something me and you are very good at is catching each other's moments of brain fart. So far, we've been very good. I don't know if we're going to ever get to a point where like one of us fails the other. <laughs> It's going to happen. Like, no, this dynamic. What happened? <laughs> but every every point it's happened now, me and you like have a moment. We look at each other and then like one of us, one of us just catches it. it it's very, yeah. worked very well. I think as far as I'm concerned, like my most awkward points on the show have been a kind of a combination of like I've been most nervous for the Denzel interview and the Josh Foreman interview. Yes. The Denzel interview, because he was the first person we interviewed, like I said, wasn't um, like a really close friend of mine. Yeah. And the Josh Foreman interview, because not only is he not like a super <laughs> close friend of mine, he reached out to me and it's a long distance. So it was the yeah, first podcast we did that was on remote. the other side of the country. <laughs> right. So I'm like, oh, no, I hope this is. And of course, he's been on podcasts before with friends and stuff. Yeah. So I also not only had the fear of like, what if something technically fails? Um, what if one of us isn't feeling well? What if we're like things are really awkward? What if we don't have the right questions? And then on top of that, like, what if he comes in and he's just like, you guys are really unprofessional. Like, what's why are you even podcasting? Yeah. Get good scrubs <laughs> like that kind of thing. Yeah. And thankfully, like he's super chill. Yeah, he was super. nice. Um, I don't think that like he, he did say that the podcast is very, you know, it sounds very professional. The audio is good. Uh, all that kind of stuff that I love to hear that yeah, just really yeah. strokes my ego so I can't get out the door because my head's too big. <laughs> so, like, that's great. But those were the two that I was most nervous about. I, I actually had the same feelings towards the Josh Foreman interview, except when I started, like, when we started doing our research. Because my thing that I was nervous about that interview was the same thing was I want to make sure we ask the right questions. I don't want to ask questions to ask questions because he's not he's not huge, huge into the industry, but he's he's more well-known than we are. And he has, oh, yeah. and it's like, it's the point where like, I wanted to be respectful and I wanted to make sure I asked the right questions for that reason. But like when I started watching his videos and we were doing some research on him, I got that whole of like how, like how inviting and how nice he was. And that like kind of really calmed me down a little bit. I was like, I was like, this dude seems like a very, I, I, keep, I hate calling people dudes, especially like men who are 20 years older than me. But, but this, this man is clearly, clearly a good guy. And I kind of had that, like, I don't think he's going to come in here and trash us. So I was like, after that, but like, I kind of get what you're saying. Cause I kind of feel that with it's everyone. always a fear. Even when it's you know the person's like a super chill person exactly. is you just, I want to get the feedback from people who are better than I am mm-hmm. about like things they think I'm doing wrong. Things I could be doing better. Yeah. Whether it's just criticism or constructive criticism. I like to, t- I like to hear it because then I know where to put my focus. Um, but let I don't me, know. That's just let it, me, it. Also, those were also my favorite. Some of my favorite interviews that yeah. I was most excited for, too. Yeah. Let me add. Let me. Oh, crap. I just had a thought. Now I forgot it. Um, what were, what were See we what I've ju- done to you? What, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were we just talking about? Because I was just going to comment on what you were uh, Josh Foreman and his okay. interview. And we were talking about people coming in here and tearing us apart. Yes. OK, so. One of the things with that is like I, I want to specify that like me and you aren't afraid of someone coming in here and like like saying like you guys do this wrong. You guys could do this better. My whole thing is I don't want someone to come in here like when we do an interview and trash us because what are what are we going to gain from that? What are they going to gain from that? What is our audience right. going to gain from that? It, it depends because like I've said too a lot in uh, with the gaming industry, you get a lot of people that are criticizing um, games and companies and decisions that are made in the industry but they're not in the industry. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're offering constructive criticism. If you're popping into a Twitter comment and just saying F you and your shitty game. <laughs> yeah. Like you've offered nothing constructive. 
So the company can't do anything with that. So they're not going to pay attention to you whatsoever. No one at EA is going to sit there and be like, oh, this one dude on Twitter really didn't like our game. We better change the whole thing. Yeah, EA is too bu- busy. Bring him on board. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, I would love to bring someone on that is kind of like, if there was a Gordon Ramsay of podcasting, that's the dude I want to talk to. I would, that would be so fun. Right. Like, great. I would I would love to find that if we ever get to a point you freaking audio maggots like okay let's <laughs> we've already been tossing ideas back and forth today for new podcasts okay, and yeah. if there's one thing I've realized it's that I we collectively and as individuals have more ideas than we're capable of doing right now uh-huh. like if this becomes a full-time job for me you better bet I'm probably gonna be having like a podcast a day launching on this channel I'm gonna have like 30 podcasts. it's gonna be insane <laughs> but I think if we ever get to a point where we've got our shit together as far as podcasting goes and we're like, okay, I know the ins and outs. I know how to make things sound good. I know how to do so on just about any budget. Then we could become the Gordon Ramsay of the (laughs) podcast world and we'll have to start like a a pod rescue yeah what podcast if, what if just that's, like we go into people's podcasts and tear them apart rebuild them from the ground up wow that's another great idea that you've come up with <laughs> it's just, i i get them here and there yeah that's oh, damn it. that's the kind of i, I, I think to that's why i love those shows so much uh i was actually at my parents the other day and they were watching bar rescue i love bar rescue bar rescue is amazing say. it's i can binge the shit out of that show and that's one of the things I'm like, this dude is very like that does the bar rescue. John Taffer. Yeah. yeah, he's very up in the face of these bar owners. And I'm like, they don't understand how lucky they are that he's there. Yeah. Like, I understand that sometimes it really hurts, especially like there if you've built something that's a dream for you and you're just trying to make that dream work and you're working your butt off to make it happen. And then to have someone come in there and be like, everything you do is failing. Fix it. And like, you need to own up to it and like. It's a, but that's it's that's what I'm looking for, really, is the the Gordon Ramsay of the podcasting and video creation universe. Yeah, I can just come in here, take a dump on everything I'm doing, but then take that and yeah. constructivize. Exactly, because that's the that's the difference with John Taffer and Gordon Ramsay and just some other asshole who's criticizing you. Because some other asshole will just criticize you and tell you everything you're doing wrong and then not give you the advice or not show you the way on why you prove it. But a guy like John Taffer and Gordon Ramsay would like every time they go to a restaurant or a bar, they tear you apart. And then at the end of it, they get up in your face and look in the eyes like, how are we going to fix this now? <laughs> like, right. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. And they offer the, the constructive steps to make exactly. it happen. They tell you what needs to be done. It's very I, – I like that format as opposed to like the American Idol format with Simon Cowell. <laughs> Not that I don't have respect for Simon Cowell because oh, I yeah. do, but that there's no – there's not really constructive criticism you can give back to people when it comes to tryouts for something like that. All he can do is like that was utter garbage. And he came up with like the best ways to tell people that this is complete trash. I wish I could gouge my ears out with a spoon like yeah. these crazy things that Simon Cowell became known Dude, the for. the original American Idol. But and I feel like a lot of people just take to that kind of a, yes. an approach where they're like, oh, I can tear people apart like that. No problem. And it's when you get into the realm of like being able to dish out what's wrong with it be blunt be honest and tell people okay this is where you're screwed up everything that you do is going to fail if you don't fix your problems so like pony up and understand what you're doing wrong and here's how to fix it but you have to listen to what i'm telling you to do so i would love to see that in uh that's like when we watch the trailer for whiplash I haven't actually watched Whiplash yet. I need to. You haven't? No, I really want to. Jesus I just haven't Josh. found it anywhere. That movie is fantastic. Um, I love that movie. I was like, when I was thinking about that, when we were in video class, and I was like, man, I kind of almost wish Jim was like the video version of this guy's professor. 
<laughs> throwing chairs at people and whatnot. Oh, like, man, it would have been a, it would have been a our video class would like this is obviously like inside joke term, but our video class would have been a freaking war zone. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's a nice edit there, but were you rushing or dragging? Excuse me? Were you rushing, rushing. or dragging? He slams the keyboard. Avid's going nuts. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It's like, it's rough, but I almost kind of, I want that tough love out of things. That, that honestly, like, because as someone who's done sports his whole life, and I've had, I've had the coach who's just like going to take you aside, be like, calm you down, talk now. And I've had that coach, <laughs> the coach is going to scream. And like, I'll be honest with you. I was more, was I more afraid of the coach that was screaming at me? Sure. Was I more motivated? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was absolutely much more I'm motivated. I'm sure that, that's a lot of probably what plays into like boot camp with drill sergeants and stuff too, yeah. is like they're there to help you, but they're also not there to be your friend. Exactly. And, and it's on, honestly, like for some people though, like honestly, that, that style of motivation, like some people will just shut down, but I feel like me. Some, a lot of people honestly can't take it. And I think on, that is. And that's not a bad if thing. If we can get it, that's what's going to set us yeah. apart. In like both podcasting and media and whatever, that's a lot of what I say sets me apart from my peers when it comes to this like media creation is everyone in my generation is trying to do this or a lot of people are trying to do this, but not all of them can take a verbal beating the way that I can yeah. and then turn that around, make it constructive and keep going forward, exactly. not giving up. And like that's, that's another part, like just random, like another thing I just want to specify, like there's nothing wrong if you're one of those people that like when someone screams and yells at you, you shut down because I know plenty of people like that. I know plenty of successful people like that. Oh yeah. It's just, it's, it's one of, I'm just one of those people like you can teach and you can lead in all sort of different ways. It's all about finding the one that works best for you. And me and Josh are very much people that you could, you can trash us and we're going to, I don't want to, I, I hate, I hate referring to it as trashers, but you can give us the constructive criticism as bluntly, as harsh as you want. And me and Josh are going to take that and work with it. And I feel like that's very important. And like you said, I feel like it's, it's very important. for. It's very like much this. what's going to set you apart from everyone else mm -hmm. is the ability to do that. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, but kind of steering our, our derailed train back on topic yeah. of uh, our, our focus, car. our focuses for next season. Uh, I'm a little bit excited actually, as far as our decision the other week to break it into seasons. That way we can have set milestones <clears throat> as far as, okay, we've done 13 episodes and then episode 14 is coming back and recapping. Now I think with season two, I'm not going to bother. I see, cause I could go back and rename the show titles to be season one, episode this season one. I might just start it with S2 episode, whatever. Yeah. That way people know and the, the original season just stays the way it is. Yeah. There's a lot of like branding stuff that you try and think about when all this goes on. And I'm trying not to get too caught up in that. But I think that our decision to take a step back, take one week off in between seasons to, you know, work on getting things together for the next episode yep. is going to be huge as far as like helping us progress forward with the format, with the style. And between that and hopefully getting more feedback as we go along from the people we interview, the people that we know that listen to the show. Um, and hopefully critics, like once we start getting some more iTunes reviews and we start getting more visible to the public, I think we'll start getting a lot more people that are well-seasoned podcast listeners. Who are you who garbage to? <laughs> are going to be able to offer that constructive yeah. criticism and, uh, that feedback that we're looking for. But I like, Josh I've, and I've tried to find a lot of time with my own life. When I was growing up, I would every like month or couple months, I would take some time and just like sit in a room in silence for like an hour 
contemplating my actions towards others, my actions towards myself, my default thought processes and, you know, what parts of me do I like? What parts of me do I not like? What parts of me do I know upset other people? And I'm not okay with that. And working on tailoring it from there. And I like that we're doing something similar with this this podcast. It, it really also is. lets us like this episode has been very relaxed and really laid back. Not that our other episodes aren't, but I think this is like we came in here without any real solid. Yeah. Okay, this is our topic for today. This is this is my bullet point notes, and this is the main things I want to cover. It's just it gives us time to reflect on what we've done. Yeah. A minute to breathe and assess the situation, and then knowing that we only have a week in between, and we can come right back. And get into it. It's not, uh, you know, okay, season one's done. We'll come back with season two eventually. <laughs> when and, we want Because then you never get back into it. Well, yeah, know? this this to me is kind of basically just like become part of my life, really. Like now I just, I know every Saturday I have to record AV Underground. You know what I mean? Like I was just, actually going to ask you, how have you found with, between AV Underground and Never Made Varsity, how has it impacted like your, um, your thinking, your thought process of things? Well, I mean... Like, it's weird because, like, now this is basically what – well, like, selfishly, this whole podcast, obviously, it's the whole point is to is to help others learn and also – but really selfishly, it's for, for me and you to help for me and you to grow in this industry, to learn from this industry and grow and have a, have a platform to do it. And for me, when it comes to now with this podcast and, like, how it's become part of my life, like, literally, now my schedule goes – we record on Saturdays, sometimes Sundays, but we usually record on Saturdays. And I record Never Made Varsity, I record AV Underground. Usually I like to take the rest of this day off or I'll take tomorrow off Sunday. And I'll just like, I'll, that's my personal day. I like to give one day, like personal day to do whatever I want. If I want to sit at home, play video games all day, then God damn it, it's my right. I'll do it. Right. But like to me now, I literally wake up Monday morning and I think, okay, what, what are some topics I'm going to want to talk about for Never Made Varsity this week? And what are me and Josh getting into for AV Underground this week? How can I start getting that in my head for that? So by the time Saturday rolls around, I wake up, no, by the time Friday rolls around, I wake up, I get a prep list going, I maybe text you, blah, blah, blah. And like, it's just, it's really to the point where it's just become like part of my life. I don't, I don't wake up on Monday and go, ugh, I got to record AV Underground this week. I go, I got to record AV Underground this week. Let's go get that done. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, that's basically, it's, it's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of, like I said, it's just selfishly like this podcast we did it. We originally did it to help other people, but selfishly, it's really. I feel it's really helping me and you. I really feel like it's helping me and you grow exponentially. It's helping me a lot to feel like I'm actually doing something. <laughs> yeah. Because, like I said, we've been doing this week in gaming for over a year, and it's just become such an ingrained part of what I do that doing that still feels like I'm not doing anything. And so now having another project added on to it, AV Underground is still new enough where it still registers consciously with me that I'm actually making something. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's going to get to a point where it's like, okay, well, now I need to add more projects and I'll have to find where that balance is between I can't do this many projects on my own and I feel like I'm not doing enough. That kind of uh, the balance there. And uh, and then I completely got derailed and my (laughs) my train of thought is still boarding at the station. I'm kind of derailed on thought, too, because I was actually I was going to ask, do you have guests on on your uh, Twig podcast, This Week in Game? No. I no, was wondering because I wondered um, about I wondered that about you. Rarely, guys. and I say rarely because every now and then uh, my brother will join us for the podcast mm. because he is our resident Animal Crossing expert. Because he's he, but him and what I have put so much, so many hours into the original Animal Crossing on GameCube. Yeah, and when uh, New Leaf came out and Pocket Camp, Corey has easily sunk more time into Pocket Camp than I ever will. 
And that's just because I can't like mobile apps can't hold me. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. And I've got one mobile app. So every now and then we'll have him. He'll pop on the show. We actually had um, a few episodes ago. My buddy, my other buddy who goes by the handle Demon X that I started Yeah Dude with came over while we were in the middle of recording. So I I brought him in and I set him up and we got him a mic and we were like, hey, welcome to it. Because like he is where the name Yeah Dude came from was I was like, we need to name it something. And it's just I was like, you say Yeah Dude a lot. So we're just going to use that. And that's going to be our thing. And we've run with it for four and a half, five years now. Like it was, fun- it's, it's awesome. But- it's funny that it's called. Yeah, dude, because that's a phrase that one of my, but one of my best friends who like is one of my gaming friends, that's a phrase that he used to use all the time. So when I met you and you told me you were running, well, I remember you gave me, um, a business card of yeah dude gamers when i like the first time i met you and i looked at the card and it said yeah dude gamers and i literally was like this dude's fucking with me right now like, i was like this is a joke <laughs> right oh god but uh yeah i don't know why i wanted to ask you about that but i was curious on why i just remembered about my train finished well, boarding and the passengers have exited <laughs> so the thing is that for me doing like going from just recording and producing this week in gaming to also adding recording AV Underground and Never Made Varsity, as well as producing AV Underground and Never Made Varsity. I don't produce it. You do. Oh that, yeah, right. Not anymore. Eh, that's, uh, you. You helped me record. You, I helped you with like the first episode or two, like I said I was going to, and that was it. Yeah. From there, it's just uh, you can come here and record, but you're gonna do all your own editing and yeah. all that. But for me, because we've talked about a couple of times now, where we've come into the podcast, we've come in here on Saturday morning feeling like absolute garbage. And I woke up this morning for the first time in a while. It's been a little while now that I've, I was like not feeling well. Uh, I've come to realize that that's just because of something I ate yesterday that I really just, I knew I shouldn't have. And I did anyway. And I was like, I'll deal with it later. But for me, it's been a huge lesson in learning to push through your own uh, blockades. Like whether that's, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, Oh, I don't feel well. I should just not do anything today. But You know, in my brain, I'm like, I'm not canceling AV Underground and I'm not going to tell you not to come over and record Never Made Varsity. That's not unless I am like incapacitated or legitimately like contagious or something. And I don't want you getting sick off. me. Then, you know, that's not happening. If that does happen, then I'd like reschedule. But it keeps me from being lazy and just going with that. And I feel like, you know, you, you feel like you shouldn't be still feeling that lazy after I've been podcasting for a year, I've been running a website forever and like doing all this other stuff that I've been doing. And especially that month when I was in February and I did a video every single day for my YouTube channel and you feel like, okay, this person's obviously not lazy. They shouldn't still have to be fighting that. But I'm going to tell you, it's like they say when you quit smoking that there's never a day that goes by that you don't think about it in some capacity going back to it. Yeah. Which I can say is is the honest truth. I quit smoking cold turkey like four or five years I ago. I forget that. <laughs> um, I went from two packs a day to nothing. I know. That's like, insane. insane. Absolutely nothing. No patches, no gum, no vaping, no e-cigs, nothing. The fact Just that you, straight up cold turkey. The fact turkey that you day. aren't like the most miserable man on earth is really, <laughs> really, really commitment to It me. was – it was an interesting study for me because yeah. I, I was paying attention to what was going on in my thought process as well as my physical, like my feelings on everything and my ability to breathe and exercise and things like that. I was paying attention to everything throughout the process of my first like month of quitting. I am now, I think it was just this past September, I finally hit that five year mark where my lungs are now back at capacity of someone who had never smoked. Or something along those lines. I forget what the exact marking point yeah. was. But, you know, over those five years, you get past the first few months and it becomes very easy to avoid. 
but there are still days when it something in the back of your brain just triggers and you're like, I could use a cigarette. And you obviously on a conscious level, you hear that and you go, no, that's a dumb idea. I'm not doing that. I'm not saying that I'm like constantly fist fighting with my demons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But laziness, I think, functions in the same way. It does. Where, you know, I still do a weekly gaming podcast. I still write articles for the website and I still work on live streaming and video content. But just because I'm doing those doesn't mean I'm not in the back of my mind, a lazy, miserable person. <laughs> exactly. Maybe not miserable, but not a lazy person. Yeah, yeah. Like there's plenty of days that come up when I'm like, oh, I could just not do this today. And we'll between between AV Underground and This Week in Gaming and everything else I'm doing, it's taught me a lot to have the self-discipline to push through that and do what I need to do anyway. Yeah. And especially like I was telling you this morning, I watched a documentary about the one of the last survivors of polio from the epidemics back when, and he's living in an iron lung. And he was talking about what that's like living in an iron lung and how he's pushed through adversity anyway, got a law degree and became a practicing lawyer and is writing his own biography with essentially just his mouth because he's paralyzed from the neck down. He's living in this giant iron machine that's keeping him alive. And I'm like, if he can push through that and meanwhile, I'm sitting here like, I have a tummy ache. I can't <laughs> podcast today. Like, <laughs> Not a good look. What is wrong with me? Not a good right? look. So but that's another thing I wanted to just touch on is with the, the whole laziness thing. If you start getting into this and you're feeling like I've done a few podcasts, I've done a few of whatever it is you're making and you still feel like I shouldn't have to be fighting against my own laziness anymore. Like it's a thing you're going to have to continue fighting against. You just yeah. get better. It, the fight becomes easier is I'm, what it is. I'm going through that right now because like like I'm with you on that in the sense that doing these podcasts every week has helped me has forced me to not be lazy like like. Do it like think about this for a second. Like we record on Saturday. Not only do we record on Saturday, we record early Saturday morning. So think back to like my audience right now. Think back to like our audience. Excuse me. Well, think back to what think back to every Saturday morning you've ever woken up. All right. Do you in first thing in the Saturday morning, how early do you wake up? You're probably not waking up early because it's Saturday. <laughs> like that's like you're probably like rolling out of bed around 10 o'clock when yeah, the birds are chirping. Exactly. Go downstairs, have yourself a bowl of cereal, sit down and watch Saturday morning cartoons. Exactly. And like and now it's helped me force through my whole like not being lazy on Saturday morning, but in general, it's something I still struggle with because like I do, like I said, I do my Never Made Varsity weekly podcast and I produce and I put that out there. And then you you produce the AV Underground, but I still come and record every week. There's still so much that I can be doing with Never Made Varsity and I know it. And I still have and like there's still much I need to fight through with my laziness. And it's just it's one of those things like it's never Every moment, I every moment I would love to just sit back, be like, yeah, I want to go sit at home now. Maybe watch some TV, play some video games. I want, I literally deal with that every moment, and like it's so true though that the more you do this, the more it's more of a lesson to teach you how to fight through that. And that's really something I'm doing is like more and more I feel like I'm becoming less lazy in a weird way. If, yeah. If the, every day I'm like I'm like I it's, still feel lazy, but I feel like I'm becoming less lazy. It's like mental weightlifting. Really, it like, really is. You're never facing less of gravity to do curls with a 60 pound weight. Yeah. But the more you do that, the less you struggle against it yes. and the easier it becomes to make it happen. I feel like in the more you see it too, like, especially with you, Josh, like, like, like as me, as someone like me and you collaborate, I see what you do and like you do more than I do, but I'm also like, I'm kind of like, I'm looking to be at your level in the same, like I want to run my own website, all that, like blah, 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 like stuff we've already talked about, but like seeing you do it, it's one of those things too. It's like, it also motivates me being like, 
well, shit, like if he's doing it, why can't I? You know what I mean? It's one of, it's like, it's part of it. That's, there's so many things to fight laziness, but you're always constantly. It's really just kind of breaking through a little bit of it at a time. Exactly. So like you've started with the Never Made Varsity podcast and it will eventually work to a point where that's become easy enough for you to fight against that you need something else to challenge it. Exactly. You know, you need to, as, as I would say, like add more mental weight onto your dumbbell and like work on pushing through that now. So you up the scale. Yeah. And I never actually until this moment made that like, that mental comparison between like weightlifting and the mental exercise of getting through laziness, but that's a legitimate like because that's all you really do is yeah, sure. Maybe I'm like, I'm lifting more than you at the time now. And it's as things progress, I'm going to continue adding weights to my own stuff. You're going to continue adding weights to your own stuff. And maybe we don't quite get to the same level, but we're still significantly farther than we were Were. when we started. And you get a lot better at it, forcing through it. And then you get people on like Casey Neistat's level that just wake up and run 12 miles every morning. Just wake up and are just a constant stream of productivity. Right. And I don't don't know how he does it, but bless him. Bless him for doing that. Uh, I feel like we've been, yeah, we've we've been going for a while here. We're actually, uh, that's all the time we've got for this episode. (laughs) So again, we won't be back next week with a new episode. We're taking our one week hiatus, uh, to rethink everything and go over what we want to do with season two. And then we'll be back with season two on Tuesday, the calendar date. Come on. Taking the 19th off. So we'll be back on the 26th is the, uh, the date we should be back to you. So until then, again, Feel free to drop us a review on iTunes if that's something that you're into. It does really help us out. If you like this podcast, share it with your friends. Let them know. Let them know about what uh, what we do here. We, we appreciate it. We just hit double-digit followers on our Podbean, like people that actually follow us. We have a lot of listens on Podbean, but not a lot of them are people that actually follow the, our channel. Yeah, We're at 10 now, thanks to Static Crowbar. Thank you, Static Crowbar. Make, appreciate you. Make some accounts, people, and follow us. And uh, I realize people are following us on other platforms as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the one that I see the most statistics and stuff for because I'm on it most frequently is Podbean. So yeah. that's, uh, so but I'm, I'm super accounts, pumped. People. I'm super pumped that we're at double digits. I'm, I'm, it sounds like I'm trying to be facetious, but I'm not, I'm actually no, really excited actually, that we've hit the double. I was digit pumped mark. when we went over a thousand downloads. Like it's not even like yeah. my thing technically, but like I was pumped when I saw it go over a thousand downloads. I was yes. very excited. So thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you again in a couple of weeks with season two of AV underground. We uh, we hope you have enjoyed season one, and remember, no matter what happens, push through the push through the laziness and keep on creating. See you. AV Underground is a production of YDG Studios and is brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters Eileen Hubbard and For Love of Nerd. To find out more about our guests this week, check the links in the description. Our intro music is Nine to Thrive by Culla. Find out more about Culla by visiting Culla.com. That's C-U-L-L-A-H.com. Do you have questions about getting started as a content creator that you'd like us to address in a future episode? Send us an email at yadudegamers at gmail.com with the subject line Ask AV Underground, and we just might include your question in an upcoming episode. AV Underground is hosted by MJ Watson and Josh Needham and is produced by Josh Needham.